Welcome to the audio sermons of South Baton Rouge Presbyterian Church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We hope you are encouraged by listening. For more information, please feel free to browse our site at www.sbrpc.org. Been studying uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and uh, you can find that in your Bibles in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Uh, but when Jesus got to the middle of the prayer in Matt or, or, or of the sermon in Matthew chapter 6, he talked about prayer and he gave us a guide uh, for teaching us how to pray, which we have often called the Lord's Prayer, which is in Matthew chapter 6. And so what we've done over the last few weeks is we've really slowed down um, to look at the flow of thought in that prayer and all its various parts. And so we're continuing to do that for a couple more weeks. And today we come to the phrase, uh, give us this day our daily bread, which is about bringing our needs before our Father in heaven. Um, and so I want you to listen as I read for us again this morning the Lord's Prayer, which is in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. It's, yep, it's there. And it's also in your bulletin, or you can find it in your Bibles and follow along. So let's listen to God's holy word together. Jesus said, Pray then like this Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever and ever. Let's go before him now and ask for his help. Gracious Father, um, we give thanks to you this morning that you have given to us your word and that we have the opportunity and the freedom to gather and to hear it read and taught. And so we pray now as we look at this petition, give us this day our daily bread, that you would be with us, that you would lead us, that you would guide us. And Father, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts together as we look at this petition would indeed be pleasing in your sight. For it's in Jesus' name that we ask these things. Amen. So give us this day our daily bread. Jesus invites His people to come boldly and confidently before God with our needs to tell Him what we need. Um, He wants us to ask for our needs. Uh, Some of you probably know the story about Alexander the Great, uh, who had a general, you know, this is third century B.C., um, and this particular general boldly approached Alexander with this huge financial request. And um, in astonishing and amazing generosity, Alexander decided to grant that request, and so he sent this general to his treasurer to secure uh, that gift. Uh, But it was such an enormous gift that the treasurer actually ran back to Alexander to stop 
this gift um, because he was sure that a mistake had been made. Um, but Alexander smiled and he told his treasurer, pay it. And this is what he said, don't you see by asking me for such an enormous sum, he does me a great honor for he shows that he believes that I am both rich and generous. Thou art coming to a king with thee large petitions bring, wrote the hymn writer John Newton. Jesus, throughout the Gospels, um, invites bold prayer because God is mighty and able and He loves, as He says in other places, to give good gifts to His children. So Jesus is saying, ask Him for your daily bread. Boldly bring your needs before Him. Your Father, the King of kings, is both rich and generous. And the Lord's prayer and this request for daily bread is what helps us think through what our needs really are um, and how to trust our Father to provide what we need. It, it helps us gain a proper perspective on our needs, right? It fosters in us a daily childlike dependence, and it teaches us how God meets our most basic needs in this life. Um, so the three things that I want us to look at this morning, and I'll repeat them as we go, um, are, are these, a proper perspective, a daily dependence, and a staple supply. Um, so first, the Lord's Prayer helps give us a proper perspective on our needs. There's a movie several years ago starring Dennis Quaid, uh, called Vantage Point. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw it. It wasn't the greatest movie. Um, I, I can admit that. Um, but I like the concept. Um, the movie itself only covered this 15-minute um, window of time during which, this is the plot, there was an assassination of the president during, um, or an attempted assassination of the president during a speech that he was giving. And so the way the movie worked was it allowed you to see this 15-minute window of time from different vantage points, uh, from the perspectives of multiple important characters in the story. So, so for instance, it showed you these 15 minutes from the perspective of Dennis Quaid, who is playing this, uh, you know, one of the president's secret service agents. And, and so, as soon as you see his perspective, though, and you, and you start to see what's happening around him, the movie basically starts over. It starts over, and it gives you that same 15 minutes, but this time from the perspective of someone in the crowd. And then once that 15 minutes is done, stops, starts over, and it gives you the perspective of like a TV news journalist or something that was there, right? And of course, with each vantage point, you start getting more clues about what happened and all the pieces of information come together until you get this complete picture and you arrive at the proper perspective of what happened. And so you know who did it and why he did it and how he did it, right? This petition, asking God for our daily bread, I hate to point out the obvious, but it comes right smack in the middle of the prayer. And what that means is that you have to pray through a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, 
before you start thinking about and considering what your needs might be. And all that information you're praying through in the first half of the prayer, that's what comes together to give you a proper perspective on your needs and what they really are. And let me try to show you that very quickly. Here's the first half of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, you're having to recognize immediately that it's only because of Jesus that you can come to God and address Him as your Father who loves you. You're asking that above everything else in life, that God would be hallowed in your eyes, that you would know Him and experience Him to be the only thing that can satisfy the deepest desires of your heart. You're asking that God would give you a vision for participating in something so much bigger than yourself, His coming kingdom. You're asking that God would enable you to submit to His will no matter what, because you know that's the only place life flourishes. See, it's only when you've gone through the wonder of God's love, the be- beheld the beauty of God, right, been captivated by the glory of His coming kingdom, and delighted in His will that you begin to get a proper perspective on what your needs are, that your perspective on your needs begins to be healed. You know, one author writes that we often get to the prayer for our daily bread too soon. You know, we race through the first half so we can like take this collective, deep, big breath and basically say, now to the reason I'm really here, (laughs) right? I've I've got this list of things that I think I have to have. I've got all these problems that I need you to fix. I've got all these places in my life where I I need your help. And we talked about this a few weeks ago, that one of the most uncomfortable realizations when we start thinking about our praying is realizing how often we come to God in prayer and are really just asking Him to give us our idols. Right, Right? An idol is anything you think, I have to have that. And if I just had that, If I could get that, then I'd be happy. Then I'd be content. Then I'd be at peace. And if I can't have that, if God won't give me that, if God won't fix that in my life, then I'm despairing. You know, I don't know what it is for you, but you know, if if God would just make my child turn back, if God would just relieve some of the financial pressure that I'm under, If you would just make my kids behave, or maybe my spouse behave, or give me a physical healing, or a more fulfilling job, or let me meet someone I can marry. I mean, without saying it out loud, we're often saying, God, I don't so much want you as I want your gifts and what you can give me. I don't want you, but could you please give me the idols I worship, that I think will fulfill me. But you know what? If you're praying, my main needs are knowing God as my Father, being satisfied in His beauty, being a part of His coming kingdom, and delighting in doing His will. Then don't you see how that begins to give you a proper perspective on your needs? 
I mean, that's what exposes the idolatry in all of our hearts. Right? It begins healing our perspective so we can differentiate in our lives between the wants and the needs. It begins healing our perspective so we're asking for what will help us fulfill and obey all the stuff we just prayed about in the prayer. Here's the last thing I want to say about a proper perspective before we move on, and I'll touch on it briefly in the next point too, but it's so important because sometimes we bring what we think our needs are to God. And he says no. And that can be so hurtful and painful and confusing. I mean, especially when you're asking God to maybe end, put an end to some evil or suffering or brokenness or injustice that you're experiencing. But you know, it's praying through the Lord's Prayer that, that can even help heal your perspective in those moments when God says no. Because you see, it's not an accident that right before God, right before Jesus tells us to bring our needs before God, Jesus tells us to pray, what? That God's will be done. Right? Without that, God's no's are going to leave you bitter and angry and resentful and cynical and hard. But praying for strength to submit to God's will, even when we don't understand it, even when He tells us no, right? that's what heals our perspective even in those moments and really helps us lean into Him with trust and dependence. So, Second, let's talk about how this request teaches us a daily dependence on our Father. You know, Jesus, He's inviting us in this request to, to lean into our Father with a childlike daily dependence upon Him. And that's really where you find, that's really where you are most human in life when you do that. That's where you find the most freedom in life. That's where you find the most rest in life. But here's the thing, we need to be honest when we come to this prayer request. It is really hard for people like us to experientially connect with childlike dependence upon God for our daily bread. Because you know what? If I need bread, I just drive by Albertsons or Rouse's on my way home, and they have shelves upon shelves of bread for me. Easily accessible, affordable right? And I know it doesn't feel like it because we compare ourselves to everyone around us. But as Americans, we're not just the wealthy, in the wealthiest 1% of people on the face of the earth. We're in the wealthiest 1% of people to have ever lived on the face of the earth. And it doesn't feel like it? Okay. But it's a fact. And we need to admit that it's hard for us to experientially connect with a daily dependence for life's most basic necessities when we're wealthy. Oh, we're completely dependent upon God for everything. We're just not entirely conscious of it. And for that reason, I think maybe more than anyone else, we desperately need this prayer to help foster a daily dependence 
in our lives upon our Father. You know, if you read through the commentaries, you get to this phrase about our daily bread uh, in the English, and and you find out very quickly that it's complicated in the Greek. Um, And it's because this is the only place, not only in the Bible, but in all of Greek literature, that this particular phrase shows up. And without getting into all that, though, this, this phrase, daily bread, was William Tyndale's translation in the 16th century, and it's an excellent translation. Because however you parse out the Greek in that little phrase, it is very clear that Jesus was saying, ask for your bread one day at a time. Depend daily, moment by moment, on the provision, care, and generosity of your Father in heaven, is what Jesus was saying. And Jesus mentioning this daily dependence on God's provision of bread, right? He's intentionally making us think about God providing daily manna for his people when they were wandering in the wilderness, right? You can read about that story in places like Exodus chapter 16, when each day people would wake up and they'd leave their tents and they would find this flaky bread on the ground called manna. And they would go out and gather it up so that they could could eat. And God told them, go out every morning and gather enough for one day. But no more than that. And as you might imagine, I mean, maybe if you were there, you might have thought, I don't want to live like that. Wondering if there's going to be bread tomorrow morning. Dependent like that. I, I, I think I'll grab enough for tomorrow too. And you remember that story that Jesus told? When they did that, right? When they didn't want to live in that kind of dependence and they gathered that extra bread, they woke up the next morning and what? It was filled with worms. Because God was saying, I want you to trust me, to depend upon me, right? Daily to meet your needs and to not forget that I'm the one who can meet your needs. And that's hard for us. We don't like dependence. What we love is independence. And it's right at the core of our sinful natures. And when you're wealthy, it's tempting to fall in love with the illusion of your independence. But Jesus is reminding us you're most human. You are most free. You are most able to rest when you can lean into your daily dependence. Now, before I I, I try to help us think through fostering this daily dependence, I I want you to think about this connection between dependence and our humanity. Um, I am not recommending this TV show. I need to get that out there uh, for you. But um, the TV show Breaking Bad fascinated me. And mainly it fascinated me because I saw this interview with the show's creator, uh, a guy named Vince Gilligan. And in that interview... He said, I'm an agnostic atheist, but the reason I wrote this show was because I wanted to to depict a story that, quote, demonstrated that man's depravity leads inexorably to destruction. And there is so much in there that is interesting, Uh, but let me focus on his storytelling for a moment. If you... If you know the show, 
Um, you know that it's about this one particular character, this guy named Walter White, and he starts out as this high school chemistry professor or teacher, but he broke bad, right? And he started making and selling meth. Um, and what Vince Gilligan did so masterfully was depict how over time this character became more and more self-absorbed, right, and cold and calloused and arrogant and ruthlessly violent. And what he's showing is he's showing this pretty normal high school teacher who by the end of this thing has become this inhuman monster. And for that reason, anyone who watched the show by the end, you are just longing, desperately longing for justice to catch up with this character and for him to get what he deserves because he's not human anymore. And so in the last episode of the, the show, when he's at the height of his inhuman monsterness, I, I don't think that's a word, but we're going to use it this morning, Gilligan wants to remind the viewer that this man was human once. And he wants to elicit, elicit the viewer's sympathy one more time for him. And you know how he did it? It took him three seconds of airtime to do it. He showed Walter White sitting in his car that wouldn't start. And in that moment of weakness and desperation, Walter White looked up to heaven and prayed. Just get me home. Full circle, stay with me here. An agnostic atheist knows that the easiest and surest way to depict our humanity is in a moment of desperate, needy, childlike, dependent prayer. And it worked. Asking for daily bread, living in daily dependence, that's when you, are, you and I are most human, most free, most able to rest. Look, so how do you foster this daily dependence? I saw this 30-second clip from a comedian named Pete Holmes showed up on my Instagram reels the other day. And um, it's probably not going to sound funny at all, but uh, it, he, was, he was going about some mind-numbing facts about the universe. And at this particular point, he says, he just says, you're on a planet right now, right? You think you're in America, zoom out. Right? You're on this space rock that's floating through infinite nothingness that we're told is expanding. Right? Mind-numbing. And I thought that was a pretty good way to foster daily dependence, actually. To zoom out. Right? Bread, to me, is easily accessible and affordable. It's loaves on a shelf at Rouse's. But zoom out. And think about all the agricultural, social, economic, climate, and transportation conditions that have to be just so in order for one loaf of bread to show up on the shelf in Rouse's. I am so utterly dependent on God to orchestrate things I cannot see and I cannot understand in this world just to buy one loaf of bread. When I zoom out, I start realizing I am a child, daily, moment by moment, dep utterly dependent on my Father's grace to provide everything in my life. 
Zoom out on my life, on your life. I'm not saying you don't work hard in life, but do you realize all the things that God has orchestrated and provided for you to be where you are and to have the life you have? I mean, the country you were born in, the family you were born into, the time period that you were born into, the education you received, the talents you possess, the opportunities that just happen to come your way for you to use those talents in this life. I mean, zoom out, you're children. We're all children, daily dependent on the mercy, grace, love, and provision of our Father. And listen, the more this daily dependence is fostered in our lives, the more human we become and the more able to rest, even in the midst of life's brokenness. You know, I don't have to worry about tomorrow's bread is what Jesus is saying. I can ask for today's bread, for today's needs, and trust my Father who provides. And it's this daily dependence that allows us to trust even when He says no to us. Right? He's your Father, and He's orchestrating and running the entire universe in ways you can't comprehend always give you exactly what you need. And if he says no, as he sometimes does, you can trust him. Because as Tim Keller used to put it, he'll always give you what you would have asked if you had known everything he knows. All right, third and last, let's talk about how this prayer for daily bread helps us understand what I'm calling a staple supply. Now, admittedly, I was working too hard on my alliteration this week. I understand that. But I already have proper perspective and daily dependence in the bank, so a staple supply. Um, And I'm using the word staple um, to talk about a need, right? A necessity, a most basic, vital need for life. And I know I'm picking on you, you today or us today, but as Americans, we look at bread and we see it as a number of different as one of a number of different food options for us. We see it as a side item, right? Or if you're on a diet, you see it as carbohydrates. But 2,000 years ago, in the Middle East, nobody looked at bread as carbohydrates or a side item. It was a staple. It was a necessity, right? It was a basic vital need in no uncertain terms For the people Jesus is speaking to, bread meant life. If you had it, that meant you could go on living. And if you didn't have it, it meant you were going to starve to death. Jesus is saying this isn't a prayer for extravagance, but for necessity. Jesus is saying, come to God and depend on Him for what's necessary for life. And there's lots of things that can fit into this category of what's necessary for life. Martin Luther um, wrote about some of the things that we're to ask for when it comes to our daily bread. I'll just read this for you very quickly. He says, therefore we pray in the first place that He may give us our daily bread. That is everything that is needful for the preservation of this life. Food, a healthy body, good weather, house, home, wife, child, good government, peace, and that he may preserve us from all manner of calamity, sickness, pestilence, war, insurrection, etc., etc. Right? There's a lot of things that can fit into this category that we're to ask God for 
to come to him boldly and confidently as our father for everything that's necessary for this life. That's so important. That's where we, that's where we begin to learn contentment in our lives. That's where we begin to learn joy and gratitude in our lives when we ask God and we see Him provide and meet our most basic needs. Um, we can say a lot more about that, but I, I want to bring this to an end like this. Um, there's another theologian, roughly the same time period. Some of you have heard of him, a guy named John Calvin. Um, and he saw that asking for our daily bread uh, it isn't limited to us asking what's necessary for our physical lives but also what's necessary for our spiritual lives. And I'm not going to read you the long quote, but he's basically saying it's in contemplating our hunger for physical food and our dependence upon God to meet that need that we're also to think, to move on from there, to think about our deeper spiritual hunger and how God meets those needs and provides for us. Just one tiny quote from him. He wrote, Our thoughts are to ascend from earth to heaven as by the rungs of a ladder. And as we end, I want us to climb those rungs of the ladder to Jesus. Right? Do you remember the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with bread? Right, people were pretty fired up when he did it. <laughs> They're like, we're going to make you king. I like this. Right? And it made people think, intentionally so, about how God provided daily manna for his people in the wilderness. And so they were thinking, maybe this is a new Moses. Right? That'll feed us like that. And you remember what Jesus told them when they came to make him king? He said, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. You know, they're caught up in the excitement. And they respond, sir, from now on, give us this bread. Every day, give us this bread. This is what Jesus said. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Right, Jesus was saying, I am not a side item. <laughs> right? I'm not a little something extra to help you live your best life. I am life itself. I am the most basic, necessary thing you need. And without me, you will starve to death. How do you get life from bread? Don't overthink or overcomplicate it. You have to break it. I mean, if bread stays whole and you don't break it to eat it, the bread stays whole and you die. In Mark chapter 6, when Jesus fed the 5,000, Mark writes this. He, Jesus, said a blessing, broke the loaves, and gave them to the disciples. Now, if you leave Mark chapter 6 
And you go to Mark chapter 14 in Jesus' Last Supper with His disciples. Mark puts those same exact words in the same exact order so that you cannot miss the connection. Only this time, after Jesus broke the bread, He spoke to them and said, Take and eat. This is my body. If he stays whole, we perish and starve to death forever. But the gospel says he was broken to pieces that we might live, that we might finally eat and be satisfied. And you know, and that's really what Jesus was communicating in feeding the 5,000 that physical bread, yes, is needed to satisfy your physical hunger. But there is a deeper hunger in all of us to be reconciled with the God who made us and who loves us and forgives us and accepts us. And the Bible says, in no uncertain terms, Jesus, the bread of life, He came into this world to be broken. To be broken in our place for our sins to reconcile us to the Father and satisfy our deepest hunger. So, look, the Lord's Prayer gives us a proper perspective on our needs. It fosters daily dependence, and it draws us to contemplate on what's most necessary for life. And by doing so, it ultimately leads us to Jesus, who is broken for us. Let's go before Him and pray. Father, we thank You... um, We thank You for Your Word that You have given to us. Father, we thank You for this prayer of which we have found over the last several weeks is deep and rich and full and teaches us all manner of things. Um, And this morning we pray that this prayer that Jesus has given to us, that it would indeed um, help us to gain a proper perspective on our needs that it would foster in us a daily dependence upon you for life, that it would lead us ultimately to Jesus, who is life itself. And Father, we ask that you would do this in our lives for our good, but ultimately for your glory. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon of South Baton Rouge Presbyterian Church. Please feel free to pass it along to others who might be encouraged by this message. Also, if you have any questions or would like to know more about the church or a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, please feel free to browse our website at www.sbrpc.org or contact the church office directly at area code 225-768-9999. Again, thank you for listening.